this series the last few months, we've kind of been looking at just really, again, some very common barriers, obstacles that every one of us in this room, myself included, have faced from time to time. And these obstacles, these challenges that kind of just come at us um, from a lot of different directions. And the reason why we've been talking about these barriers and obstacles is because oftentimes they really can be a barrier in our relationship with God, from, from going deeper in our walk with God, in intimacy with God. These can be barriers. These can be obstacles that prevent us from going deeper with God. They can also be obstacles and barriers in our relationships with one another. And so we've looked at, uh, throughout this series, we kind of looked at the barrier of fear. We looked at the root of bitterness. We've looked at depression, pride. Last week, as I said, we kind of looked at the issue of our thought life. And today we're going to just end the series um, by talking about the barrier of procrastination. Now, a recent survey of Americans found only 10% of Americans say they struggle with procrastination. Of course. I mean, the other 90% never got around to filling out the survey. And actually, whether you know this or not, there really are kind of several different types of um, procrastination. There is recrastination, and that is just putting off the same task over and over and over. I've got several recrastination projects at home. There is bicrastination, which is putting off more than one project or task at the same time. And there is concrastination, and that is pretending, faking to accomplish a task which you're actually in reality putting off. I actually discovered there is a procrastinator's club of America that's been around since 1956. They claim to have 14,500 registered members, but they claim that 20 million people just haven't gotten around to joining yet. And their motto, I'm not making this up, their motto is, we're behind you all the way. They uh, have a 4th of July party every January 6th. I love that. They just recently posted their predictions for 2010. Every year, they give an award for Procrastinator of the Year, and in in years past, they named former Congressman Tom DeLay and Ralph Waite as honorary members just for having such an apropos name. Hey, you want your turn up here some Sunday? The truth is, really, every one of us in this room struggles with procrastination to varying degrees. Now, again, there are a lot of ways that, man- that procrastination can manifest itself. I mean, we can put things off. We delay things. We don't do it. We say tomorrow, later, someday, one of these days, I'll get around to it. And again, we just keep putting it off. We just don't ever do it. And we tend to procrastinate. And today, we're going to look at how do you defeat, I mean, how do you overcome procrastination? It's certainly one of the things, I think, that can really hold you back from really ever reaching your fullest potential. And so today, I want to look at, number one, what is the cause? And number two, what is the cure? So if you're going to defeat procrastination, you really have to be able to zero in and pinpoint the cause. And the Bible kind of gives us at least four main causes of procrastination. And anytime you need to do something and you keep 
putting it off, it's usually for one of these four reasons. So you need to go back and you need to just kind of ask yourself, what is causing me to delay and to put this off? What uh, is causing me to kind of procrastinate what I know would be for my own good, for my benefit? What is causing me to kind of just push it off till later? First cause of procrastination is indecision. Indecision, just not knowing what to do or just not wanting to make a decision. It can cause you to procrastinate. The Bible says in James 1.8, the double-minded man is unstable in all he does. Now, whenever you have a hard time making up your mind, you're going to procrastinate. And of course, the more choices that we have or the more options that you have, again, the longer we'll kind of just tend to procrastinate. I mean, you go into a grocery store today, and there are like over a hundred different kinds of toothbrushes, as if we really need that much variety. You get kind of this paralysis of analysis, and you wonder, which one am I supposed to get? You know, soft, medium, you know, hard. And you just delay because you cannot make the choice. Sometimes we are maybe just facing a situation, or maybe you've kind of got an emergency in your life, and there just are a number of ways that you can kind of react and respond. And again, it's just this double-mindedness, this inability to make a decision as to what the right or appropriate response. Again, it, it can lead and oftentimes causes us to procrastinate and not do anything. So indecision, Uh, can really be a major reason that produces procrastination. The second cause of procrastination is fear. Proverbs 29, 25 says, a person's fear sets a trap for him. Whenever we're afraid of doing something, and and all of us have experienced that, you know, maybe something you've never done before, and just the thought of, I've never done this before, and so we just have kind of this fear of kind of launching into something new. And and, and again, when that fear takes over, it really kind of sets a trap for us in that we'll kind of just push it off or we'll procrastinate as long as we can. I mean, it could be the fear of failure. And so again, we just don't even want to try because if I don't try, then I don't fail. It could be the fear of success. Oh my gosh, if I do really, really well at this there's going to be this expectation and pressure to continue uh, doing well at that. Uh, It it could be, you know, fear that's keeping you from making that tough phone call. It could be fear that maybe is causing you to, you know, stay in a a dead-end job because, again, you're just afraid uh, of change. You're afraid uh, that, that, you know, uh, the the new job won't work out. And for some of you, it could be you just need to go on uh, into college or something, but again, there is just that fear. Again, it it may be fear that keeps you from making that doctor's appointment or that counseling appointment. Um, It's fear that maybe keeps you from volunteering your talents. And we're always looking for volunteers. 
Uh, you know, and oftentimes we'll approach people and say, hey, we need help doing this. Oh, man, I, I, I'm just, I don't think I'm, I would be very good at that. I, I'd be kind of afraid uh, to do that. So again, we, we hear that a lot here. It's fear that keeps you from maybe volunteering your talents. It, it's fears that maybe have kept you from going after a dream that you've had for years and years Again, anytime you know the right thing to do and don't do it, it's good to just maybe stop and ask yourself, am I afraid of something here? And if so, what am I afraid of? You gotta get beneath the procrastination and say, what's causing this? What's driving this procrastination? A third cause may be wounded pride. A good example of this is Isaiah 48.4, which says, I know how stubborn and obstinate you are. You're as hard-headed as bronze. Oftentimes, you know what? Procrastination can be really a passive-aggressive way of getting back at people. It's a way, uh, again, if you're a parent, you know this. I mean, kids do this in spades all the time. You want them to kind of do something, whether it's, you know, cleaning their room, doing their homework, maybe practicing the piano, and, and they want to do it in their own sweet time. And you tell them, you know, I want you to go up and clean your room. I'm going to do that, but I'm going to do it on my schedule. I'm going to do it when I'm good and ready. Again, what they're doing there is a very mild, passive form of rebellion. It's really an issue of who's in control here. Who's calling the shots? So when you challenge someone's control or authority and you challenge it, you can challenge that passively through procrastination. It can be with your boss. It really can be with anyone. If you're married and you find your spouse is asking you to do something over and over and over again, and maybe you kind of just keep putting it off, you kind of keep delaying the request, maybe you need to maybe stop and ask yourself, why do I keep putting this off. What is this about? Am I resenting something here? Am I resenting the, the, uh, a form of control here? Uh, again, is anger building up in you over this issue, and so you're just going to passively respond through procrastination? Again, oftentimes, we just don't have the courage uh, or, or, uh, to, to say, no, I, I don't want to do it when they want me to do it. I'm going to do it when I want to do it. And again, sometimes we get wounded, and when we're wounded by other people who are asking us to do something, and because we don't have the courage to say no or not right now, we kind of will just uh, put it off through procrastination. Of course, the biggest cause of procrastination, uh, the one we are all the most familiar with, is laziness. Proverbs 13.4 said, lazy people want much, but get little. Lazy people want much, but get little. I mean, America's favorite words in today's culture are words like easy, free, convenient. I mean, have you ever noticed you have never seen, nor will you ever see a book ever titled with things like 10 incredibly difficult ways to lose weight. Nine really tough ways to get out of debt. 
We, we wouldn't buy books like that. We want the easy steps. We want the car with the easy payments. We don't want tough payments. The truth is, is that behind procrastination oftentimes is this myth. If I just put it off, you know what? It'll get easier. The truth is, the reality is, oftentimes procrastination only makes it worse, only makes it bigger. So again, when you pinpoint the cause of procrastination, then you can really kind of begin to turn toward the cure. What is the answer, the solution to procrastination? Now, the Bible says and encourages that we can really do five things to work against procrastination. Before I give you these five things, what I want you to do is I want you just to kind of stop for a moment, and I want you to think of an area you've been procrastinating in. Now, the reason I want you to do that is because I think it just helps the message become a little bit more meaningful. It helps the message become a little bit more applicable to you if you can just pinpoint a specific area. Now, I had the advantage yesterday in that we had some plastering that needed to be done on ceilings in our house, and they needed to be done a couple of years ago. So I just went ahead and did that yesterday so I could kind of get my issue out of the way. I still need to kind of sand and read, but, you know, I'm, I'm on my way, okay? So, again, I want you just to think of something that maybe you just have been putting off. And I'm not talking about cleaning up your garbage you know, or answering your emails. I mean, think about something maybe big, major. Maybe think about something that maybe God is calling you to do. Or maybe God has kind of really been moving you in a particular direction in your life, maybe in your job, maybe in ministry. God has just been moving you and calling you in a particular direction, and you've kind of just been resisting that. So so try to think of something big there. Um, If you can't think of something and you're in denial, ask your spouse. They'll gladly tell you. Okay, first one. Stop making excuses, okay? Biggest cure to procrastination. Stop making excuses. Proverbs twenty-two thirteen says, the lazy man is full of excuses. Benjamin Franklin one time said, people who are good at making excuses are seldom good at anything else. True. Actually, in life, there are really kind of three types of people. You're either an accuser, an excuser, or a chooser. And again, those are the three main approaches to life. And all of us kind of fall into one of those three areas. Some people are accusers. I mean, they spend their entire lives blaming other people, blaming circumstances for their unhappiness. If it wasn't for so-and-so, I would be happy. Oh, if it wasn't for this situation, my life would be so much better. They spend their entire life accusing other people for circumstances and others for all of their problems. Then there are the excusers. 
they blame, again, circumstances. Oh, if the economy were only better. Oh, if I would have only had different parents. If I looked different. If I had this particular job. If, if I had this opportunity. And again, you excuse yourself from all of the circumstances of life, basically saying, that's just the way I am. That's the hand I was dealt with. But the people who do things, go places, and have great accomplishments in their lives are choosers. Choosers are people who accept responsibility. They accept the circumstances that they're in. They'll play very, very well the hand they have been dealt. They don't blame others. They don't blame circumstances. They don't accuse or excuse. They stop making excuses. And they say, you know what? I have the ability, I have the choice, I have the responsibility to do with my life what God wants me to do. They stop making excuses. I love this. These are some of the actual excuses that have been given to insurance company for car accidents. Coming home, I drove into the wrong driveway and collided with the tree I don't have. I thought my window was down, but I found it was up when I put my hand through it. Ouch. I love this one. I glanced at my mother-in-law and headed over the cliff. I was driving to the doctor's office with rear-end trouble. I don't know if that was the car or themselves. Um, when my universal joint gave out and caused an accident. The last one is the pedestrian had no idea which way to go, so I just ran him over. So again, what excuses are you using to do what you've been procrastinating. How about this excuse, when things settle down? I've heard that, I've used that one. They're never gonna settle down. It's called life. When things finally settle down, you know where you'll be? Six feet under the ground. You'll be dead. That's as settled as it gets, folks. Life is not about settling down. I mean, all of us are going to have seasons of unsettledness. We're always going to have interruptions. We're always going to have seasons where life is going to be a little bit more challenging. And it doesn't have to just be in negative ways. I mean, have a kid. I mean, you know, that can be a way of just turning your life upside down momentarily as you're making all of the adjustments of having a newborn in the house. It doesn't have to be anything catastrophic to cause your life to become unsettled. It happens. Changing jobs, moving, these are all things that can produce an unsettledness in our lives. Again, life is not about settling down. For the rest of your life, again, we're going to have seasons of unsettledness. For the rest of your life, we're going to go through seasons where, you know, uh, our health or our finances, our relational issues are just going to be problematic. There's never going to be a time in life where everything just settles down and it's smooth sailing for the rest of your life. It just doesn't happen. So if you're going to get on with life, if you're going to get a life, you've got to learn to live it in less than the best circumstances. If you're going to get on with your life, you've got to learn to live it in less than perfect conditions because life will never stay perfect all the time. 
And, and when we think that it should, again, we're just making excuses. We're blaming circumstances. And so once you stop making excuses, you get to move to step two. Believe God will help me. You just got to believe that, you know, if you're not doing the best for your life, you got to know God sees you're not doing the best for your life. If you feel like you're making poor decisions for your life, you got to know God knows you're making poor decisions for your life. And God is just as, if not more, vested in helping you to produce a life of victory, a life of blessing. God will help you get out of that rut that you're in, and to do something with the life that he's given you. Jesus said in Mark 9.23, what do you mean, if I can? Jesus asked, anything is possible if a person believes. Your life, you can do anything God is calling you to do if you just believe and know that God is in it with you to help you, to lead you, to guide you, to bless you. He's already probably given you the means to do what he's calling you to do. You just need to employ it. You just need to use it. Walk in it. You've heard this said many times before. The person who says, I can't, and the person who says, I can, are both right. The person who says, I can't do it, won't. The person who says, I can do it, will. Attitude is everything when it comes to procrastination. It's attitude, really, a lot of times it gets us in the slump in the first place. It's your moods, oftentimes, that will kind of manipulate you and cause you to put off what you know to be the right thing to do. So again, if you're going to learn to kind of break free from procrastination, again, you've got to learn how to control, how to master your moods. How do you do that? You turn to God. Philippians 4.13, I love this. There is nothing I cannot master with the help of Christ who gives me strength. Every one of us, we need God in our lives. And oftentimes, the reason we can't break free from procrastination or we can't break free from addictions, maybe to drugs or to pornography, again, the reason that we can't break free of those addictions is because you don't have the power to do it on your own. You never have, you never will. And it's until you really believe that God is there and that God is vested and that God wants to give you the power and the ability to break free of all of that. If you could have, you would have done it by now. You need God's power. Again, it is Christ's strength that gives us the power to do anything that God is calling us to do. Third, set a deadline and schedule it. Set a deadline. For what you need to stop procrastinating, schedule it, and then just begin doing what you need to do. Best intentions are never going to be good enough. The idea that, you know, I'll, I'll do it when I have time for it. You'll probably never have time for it. You've got to make time. Make it a priority. Set a deadline and do something very courageous and just write it down um, on your schedule. Again, you say, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do it. If you don't schedule it, chances are you'll never do it. Um, again, it can be maybe as you're, you know, thinking about that area of procrastination, maybe you're kind of just thinking, you know, I just need to get to know God better. I, I need to spend time, more time in the Word. 
I, I need to, I really kind of need to develop my prayer life. Again, these are all great areas that God may be moving a lot of you towards here uh, this morning. And again, it's just start doing it. I, I mean, if, if you're just going to constantly just kind of say one day, one day, one day, one day is just going to stretch until there are no more days. And don't write down 2016. You know, some of you are sitting there thinking that. Make it soon, if not now. Many of the projects we, we procrastinate over in life, the reason we procrastinate is because they're huge projects. I get that. I understand that. So in order to make a schedule, sometimes you just have to schedule the first part. A lot of you know the house we bought. Um, it, it doesn't have siding. It has paint. And so when we kind of got in there uh, to the house, I kind of noticed that um, the, the wood siding has a lot of layers of paint. Carrie can attest to this. I had Carrie over there picking his brain. Um, and so what I've ended up having to do is I'm, I'm having to kind of burn the paint off of these areas. Now, if you've never, ever done that, it is a slow, very tedious process. And in the very, very beginning, when I started doing this, I was just overwhelmed. And, you know, as I'm kind of just staring at this project that is just, it's going to take me years to get this done. You know, matter of fact, just put on my headstone, he got it done. Because <laughs> I think it's going to take me right up until that final moment. But as I'm, I'm looking at this massive project, I just, I just hear, um, you know, sometimes God uses our language or our lingo and stuff. And um, God said to me, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. I, I got that, God, thanks. But it's true. Oftentimes, you know, our projects, they're just so big. And they just feel so overwhelming. But you know what? It may not be that God's calling you to, to achieve the whole thing right now. Maybe there's just a part of that that you can kind of just begin doing as you kind of just begin to walk in that. So, you know, I kind of just said, okay, this, this summer I'm going to set this side of the house or this particular parameters as this is my goal for this summer. You know, coming summer I'll, I'll set another, um, you know, parameter of what I hope to accomplish. So I don't look at having to get the whole thing done. I just want to get a part done um, at a time. I remember several years ago when Janie and I first started talking about selling the house we were living in at that time, and the discussion we had multiple times always ended in the same place. How many of you had discussions that always kind of just end in the same place? And that was, we've got a lot to do on this house before we can sell it, um, and nothing ever got done. We acknowledged, we agreed, there's a lot of things we need to get done before we can put the house on the market, and we never did any of it. So finally, it dawns on us. Let's sit down and let's just make a list of the things we know need to be done, and then let's just start working on the list. If it takes us a couple of years, it takes us a couple of years. But let's at least get a list to know what we need to do, and let's start working on it. So we did that. And lo and behold, you know what? It went a lot faster than I thought it would go. And within a year, we had our house ready, uh, put on the market, 
and it finally sold. So again, sometimes the best way to just, you know, eat an elephant is one bite at a time. So if you've got like this enormous, huge project or uh, circumstance, situation, again, sometimes just attacking it just a bit at a time, and you'll make progress. Bible tells us in Proverbs 13, 16, a wise man plans ahead, but a fool does it. We were being foolish, uh, Janie and I were, in, in thinking that, you know, if we just keep talking about this, the house will do it itself, okay? We got wisdom when we actually sat down and came up with a plan. Proverbs 13, 11 said, money that comes easily disappears quickly. Are you going to be talking about that today, Mark? Mark's doing financial stewardship, uh, starting this Sunday, uh, 1045. So uh, when you're done here, you can go downstairs, have breakfast in the Praise Cafe, and then slide into their fin- financial stewardship uh, class. They're going to be teaching it uh, this Sunday, next Sunday, and the following Sunday. Um, because it says there, money that is gathered little by little will grow. Now, that's, again, there's, just, there's more to that principle than, than a financial principle. It's a life principle. Anything that grows in life grows little by little. Your relationship with God, it will grow little by little. It, 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 just the way God has designed it. If you want to grow to be more like Jesus in the way that he thinks, in the way that he acts and responds, the way that, he, that you talk to other people, again, it's going to happen little by little. As God works in your life, um, it's, going to, it's going to produce results, change, and godliness and righteousness little by little by little. If you want to grow in any relationship, it'll happen little by by little. If you want to break through procrastination, what's the first thing you can do? Take that down and again, attack it little by little. And again, when you realize this principle, what I would call the little by little principle, it keeps you from procrastinating, waiting for this huge kind of magical, mystical moment when everything kind of just comes together. You realize, you know, you've got to start and you got to start now. So what is it? What do you need to schedule? What do you need uh, to write down? What is your first step? Again, schedule it. Fourth, get an accountability partner. Get somebody that can kind of maybe hold you accountable, work through this. Don't try to go at it alone. Anything you procrastinate on over, you know, a long period of time, it's probably good that you get an accountability partner. Somebody that can just kind of help, kind of uh, encourage you, kind of prod you to keep moving forward. Um, those of you that maybe exercise, you, you know, I hate getting up really early in the morning. Um, and again, you know, maybe you just need to get an accountability partner that maybe is just going to kind of meet you there. Um, and, and it just makes a big difference when suddenly, you know, whatever you're doing and procrastinating on, suddenly you're just kind of, I'm not in this alone anymore. I, I've got people who are going to encourage and hold me accountable. The Bible talks about this. Romans 1.12 says, I want us to help each other with the faith we have. Your faith will help me and my faith will help you. That's the principle of an accountability partner. It's simply somebody who helps you and encourages you in your spiritual growth. Again, an accountability partner is not somebody who stands over you and is critical of you or judgmental of you uh, or, or just kind of points out everything that you're doing wrong. That's no good. You don't, you don't want those kind of people uh, doing accountability with you. It's somebody who's in it with you. They're walking alongside you. My faith helps you. Your faith helps me. Who is that person? Who can help you break through what you're procrastinating 
over. So the final step to defeating procrastination is real simple. Start now. Even if you start simple, even if you start slow, start now. Not next month, not next year, not even tomorrow. Start now. Proverbs 21.7 says, never boast about tomorrow because you don't know what will happen between now and then. That's true. None of us in this room are guaranteed a tomorrow. I just, you know, think about that poor gal this week that lost her life out there, you know, uh, on Avenue of the Saints. Uh, Hild was her last name. I don't remember her first name. But again, here's, here's a girl, 27 years old, had just picked up her wedding invitations for her wedding in, in May. Um, and and he, here's a girl that I'm sure that was the furthest thing from her life or her thought when she got up this morning. This is my last day on earth. None of us are guaranteed a tomorrow. None of us are guaranteed, you know, uh, um, the next 30 minutes, much less tomorrow. If you're going to get started on a dream, on a goal, do it now. James 4.17 from the paraphrase message said, if you know the right thing to do and don't do it, that for you is evil or sin. Procrastination is not some little innocent fault, you know, or, or foible. The Bible says it, it can be downright sin to know the right thing that you need to do and you just don't do it. That's why procrastination is so serious. It keeps you from becoming all God intended you to be. It limits your potential. It wipes out your opportunities. And most of all, it just presumes upon the future. Oh, there'll be time later. There'll be time tomorrow to do that. If you're going to get your life right with God before you face him, I would encourage you, do it now. Don't wait. If you need to get your life right with somebody else, do it now. If you need to get started on a dream, started maybe uh, in a Bible study or baptized, you know, do it now. None of us are guaranteed a tomorrow. I want to just close by just again, you know, just saying to you, the biggest mistake any of us in this room could ever make, and that would be delaying the giving of our lives to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I've talked with a lot of people, and I've never met anyone who intentionally decided they're just going to one day go to heaven and face God unprepared. Everybody eventually intends at some point, someday, to get their life right with God. I'm having so much fun right now doing X, Y, and Z, and I'm just going to delay that decision to get my life right with God until I'm done doing X, Y, and Z. And you'll just keep putting it off and off and off until finally it's too late. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. Today. Not tomorrow, not next Sunday, not next month. Today. If you're here and you understand that God loves you, that he sent his son Jesus Christ out of that great love for you to come and to die in your place so that you could be forgiven, that you could 
have security in knowing that when you die, you will go to heaven, you will be with the Father. If you understand that, but you just keep putting off that decision someday later, it may never come. Today, now is the appointed time of salvation. Now is the accepted time. Jesus said in Luke 9, 62, I think this comes out of the message version. He said, no procrastination. You cannot put off God's kingdom until tomorrow. Seize the day, carpe diem. Second Peter 1, 10 says, friend, confirm God's invitation to you. In other words, God's invitation to salvation. Respond to that. Don't put it off. Respond now, today. Don't put it off. Do it now. To listen to that invitation and say, I'll think about it. What are you thinking about? To walk out the door today, not having done that, and say, I'm just going to put it off. Put it off till when? I'm just going to delay it. For how long? Today. Now. I want to just kind of transition into communion this morning. And, and oftentimes one of the, I, I won't say criticism, I think it's more kind of just a observation that people have, and that is because we offer communion every Sunday, that somehow that, that we are taking communion lightly here. Let me assure you, that is not the case at all. When Jesus met with his disciples, he instructed them by when he took that bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body broken for you. He said, every time you do it, do it in remembrance of me. That puts the responsibility on you, not me. If this lacks meaning for you or you feel it doesn't have the weightiness, that's your issue, not mine. You bring meaning and relevance and weightiness to this. That's what it's about. Whenever I take communion, I'm taking it knowing that his body was broken for me. His blood was shed for my forgiveness. Wow. That is weighty. I bring that to the table. And there is just a gratefulness, there is a thankfulness in my heart for that broken body and that shed blood because without it, I would be lost. You would be lost. This is the invitation to salvation, to healing, to wholeness, to peace with God. You bring that to the table when you come to commune. I bring that. I'm not dependent on you. You're not dependent on me. We bring that to the table. So I would encourage you, if, if you feel like we're taking that lightly or we're not putting as much emphasis on it as you think ought to be put on it, you bring it. You put it on it. 
I do. And you can. I realize this is an invitation. And I receive it as an invitation. And when I show up, it says to God, I got your invite, and I'm here to accept what you have to offer. And I'm so grateful for what you have to offer. I'm so grateful that you invited me to partake of your goodness, of your mercy, of your kindness, of your forgiven. And God, I receive that with a grateful and glad heart. Amen? Let's stand. Father, we just thank you so much for your presence in this place. Father, I just pray that as we've kind of talked again just about this whole issue of procrastination, of delaying, of putting things off, God, whatever that may be, God, whether that's decisions regarding our jobs, relationships, finances, whatever that may be. God, it may be procrastinating, putting off and delaying a response to your invitation to salvation. God, I thank you for your word that again just confirms that because of your just incredible, enormous, boundless, limitless, eternal love for us, that out of that you sent your son Jesus Christ and he came to this earth and he gave his life so that we could be forgiven and find eternal life. John 3, 17 said, for the son came not to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. That is the invitation. So, Father, I just pray this morning you would just speak, move in hearts, God, where that invitation needs to be responded to this morning. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. God, I just pray, Lord, that you'll move that urgency in the hearts of people who need to respond to that invitation to salvation this morning. No more procrastination. No more putting it off. No more delaying. Today is the day to get it right and to make it right with you. And I thank you, Father, that through the blood of your Son, Jesus Christ, through his broken body, we can respond to that invitation of salvation. And so, Father, just move in hearts here this morning through the power, the presence of the Holy Spirit. Draw them to you this morning, Father. Jesus said he was lifted up that he might draw all men unto himself. And Father, we thank you that your son was lifted up on that cross, that he died, his blood was shed, his body broken there, so that he might draw us unto himself. So Father, this morning, would you just draw people unto yourself? Father, I pray for those who stand in need of salvation or healing this morning, those that maybe just stand in need of your everlasting peace. God, for those that maybe just stand in need of your power to move them out of that area of procrastination into action. So, Father, I just pray, Lord, that your power would come upon each one of us and move us, God, how you need us to move this morning. We just thank you for all of this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you've never